Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice Podcasts with your hosts, Dre Evans and Ike Eke. On this show, you'll gain unique perspectives from investors and professionals on all aspects of the apartment investing space. Do you want to achieve legacy wealth and live a life of financial freedom? Well, all it takes is that first slice of wisdom to get you started on the journey to building your empire. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to a friend that can benefit from a slice of multifamily knowledge. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Multifamily by The Slice. Today, we had Dr. Vanessa Peters on the show, and she, you know, provided a lot of insight into, you know, investing passively as well as actively in multifamily. And she gave us a lot about her story and how she got into the industry, you know, how she studied, how, did, how she found, uh, you know, investments and investment styles that were suitable for her. That's a key term. They're suitable. And uh, I really enjoyed the conversation, man. How, how are you, Dre? I enjoyed it. I've met Vanessa a couple of times. We, we know she's local in San Diego, first of all, and just knowing her through other mediums and people in the real estate profession. And she had wrote the book, a small little book. It's about a three-hour read on just syndications in general. And uh, she's very knowledgeable. Her, her profession working as a doctor and working with a lot of people in the healthcare environment who have, who are accredited investors and don't know much about real estate. And she just talks about it in this episode, buying that single family home in Riverside, California for about 250,000 and watching that double, double in value and how she tried to repeat that process and how excited she was and on fire she was by real estate. And she just be in the office teaching other doctors about real estate. And then she bit the bug and found out about multifamily real estate and she did her first syndication deal in Dallas, and then she's edu educating the doctors about that. And that's how she was able to build her platform, build her investor network in, in real estate. And so I think she's just very seasoned, very knowledgeable, and it, it'll be very clear for our listeners to gauge that. So without further ado, let's get into it. Now a word from our show sponsor. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? Fortune Cribs can help. Fortune Cribs helps investors buy short-term rentals, and select markets across the country for as little as 10% down with no cash on cash returns in the 20 to 30% range. Fortune Cribs will design, furnish, and manage all the day-to-day -day operations, making your experience truly hands-off. And it doesn't matter whether you're at in your real estate investing journey, whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your portfolio, Fortune Cribs can help. So if you wanna take the next step, Go to fortunecribs.com and book your free consultation to see how Fortune Cribs can best help you. Once again, that's fortunecribs.com and let them know we sent you. Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. I'm your host, Dre Evans. I've got my great co-host here, Ike Eke. I want to thank everyone for tuning in for another great episode. If you're a first-time listener, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you're a returning listener, please leave us a five-star review. It's Tuesday. Actually, it's Wednesday. Got my days mixed up, man. Busy, busy days. But yes, it is. Before we bring in today's guest, I got to check in with you. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing very good. As we discuss, usually when we get on the, on the show, turbulent times in a real estate market, but that makes for opportunity. And, and uh, I've been trying to take advantage of some of that opportunity, as have you. In fact, just yesterday, I flew out to uh, Phoenix, Arizona to check out a few deals that I've been looking at. And I flew back uh, last night. So I'm working off minimal, minimal arrest, but here we are, right? How you doing, man? I love it, man. I am in good spirits, just like you. I've 
definitely great, exciting news to bear. So we just got the book that came in today. 430 oh, wow. pages, man. I'm excited. Lily just came to the door not even 30 minutes ago. And I'm just to be four years in the making to hold this in my hand. It's that's awesome. That's awesome. It's, tell, it's tell the listener, tell the listeners what book you're referring to. Prove them wrong, my memoir. Uh, same company that published Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins and Who Not How with Dan Sullivan, Lioncrest Publishing, the journey of my gang experience, going to and surviving that, overcoming that, going to Naval Academy, graduating at the top. And a lot of the outreach I did in the prisons, in the community, becoming an engineering major is just, I'm excited for this, man. So beautiful, 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 man. I love it. Well, on that note, let me introduce our guest, Vanessa Peters. She's a family physician here in this, in the North County, San Diego area, but she's also a real estate investor and she's invested for over four, over 14 years, I believe in, in all types of different real estate, uh, single family homes, commercial real estate, retail. She's up to 3,500 units in her portfolio. So, he, so she has quite a bit of experience over four, 40 properties and six funds. So she has been very involved in the real estate space and we are excited to hear more about it. So with that said, Vanessa, welcome to the show. Please tell our audience about yourself. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat with, with you guys today. Yeah, so I've been in San Diego now for about 20 years and I moved here from Canada. I just felt like I'd had enough of the cold and was super excited to get a job in San Diego County. It was just my dream, my dream area and my dream job too. So I've been here practicing as a family doctor since 2002. Um, wow. And we, I've stayed at the same job ever since. I'm still in the same clinic, same group, worked my way up a little bit. So now I'm the chief medical officer, which is like a medical director for our group. We have like over 80 providers. And so that keeps me busy, but I kind of love real estate as well. And so started doing that quite a long time ago in about 2008, but I wasn't too educated about it at that time. So I didn't dig in in 2008 and do what a lot of smart folks did, which was buy up everything that they could. <laughs> um, so I bought a couple of things and then sat on it for a while and sort of rekindled my interests about 10 years later. And, you know, just was a little disheartened by my savings and my net worth and the trajectory that I was on and just thought, you know what, I know real estate is the way to go. So I'm going to get back into it and just had to figure out a way that worked for me. And now it's a big part of my life. Wow. Wow. And, and I'd like you to, if possible, sort of expand on, you know, when you did re-enter the real estate space, how you did so and, and, you know, how you went about investing more of your money and your time in real estate. For sure. Well, when I purchased a property in 2008, it was on the advice of a realtor friend. And he said, hey, you know, the Inland Empire is going to go crazy. That's like Riverside County. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, you should buy something up there. And this was at the kind of the beginning of the downturn. And I had some extra capital and bought a, did a short, bought a short sale house for sale. And it was a nice big house and it was pretty cheap. And so, but for me, that was a big investment still. And um, then the market continued to go down. And so it was like that house that was 225K when I first bought it, which is a super bargain, right? But it mm -hmm. kind of continued to go down. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I did the right thing. I better just sit on it. Had good tenants, just kind of let it sit for a long time. So back, speed forward, you know, 10 years, 2018, I was like, I want to do that again. That worked out really, really well <laughs> yeah. because the place has like, I think it's worth about 750 now. And so wow. that's like, that, of course, that's not when in 2018, it was probably double 
And mm-hmm. so I thought, well, that was a good, that was a good investment, Vanessa. Why don't you do that again? <laughs> and so I contacted some realtors that I knew and I said, let's go find something. And I got on bigger pockets and I went kind of, I got pretty obsessed with real estate actually, and looked everywhere in San Diego County. I couldn't find anything that would cash flow at my price point. You know, like I, I didn't want to buy a huge place. I just wanted to buy it like a single family home. Nothing would work. So I moved down to condos. And then they didn't work either. Thank goodness for the calculators and bigger pockets that kind of really show you all of the, all the costs of owning, not just mm-hmm. the kind of mortgage, but you've got all that other stuff that you have to pay for too. And so I got pretty frustrated because I couldn't find anything to invest in. And, uh, but I was determined. So I started going, learning what other California investors are doing and went to some meetups, um, local stuff, you know, sponsored by bigger pockets, and then figured out that most of the, California investors that lived here were doing out-of-state investing. I was like, oh, okay. So that's the way it's done. But what a lot of them were doing was purchasing single-family homes out-of-state or maybe duplexes. And they would own them outright and have a property manager, you know, sort of like a turnkey investment. And mm-hmm. it didn't feel good to me. I, I didn't really know anybody in any other states. And I didn't know much about other places. All I knew is that they were really cheap houses, like 100K, <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> so... But the thought of owning a house that was so far away and I didn't know anybody, I thought that just feels risky to me. So I kept looking and I kept looking and I kept looking and, you know, I took out all the books from the library on real estate and went to Barnes and Noble and just read as much as I could. Funny enough, I didn't come across anything with the word syndication in it for quite a while. Um, and it popped up probably three or four times before I even paid it any attention because I didn't know what that meant. And finally, I was like, okay, what is this syndication stuff? Because there was a post by an emergency room doctor. And so I thought, well, maybe, maybe I should learn what this is. And when I did some research on it, there wasn't much out there at the time. There were no books on syndication. And I was like, how, what is this? And how do you find out about it? I just get on the phone with talk to some people. And when they explained to me what a syndication is um, and the returns that you could make, first of all, I was like, well, that's too good to be true. Kind of skeptical. But as I did some, I actually traveled to Dallas to check out a building that was uh, you know, a multifamily apartment in Dallas, Fort Worth. And I was like, oh, this is the real deal. And got a good feeling about it. So I did my first investment in a multifamily in Dallas. And from then on, I was pretty hooked once the cash flow started. And I was just all in. I, I invested as much as I could in into mostly multifamily apartments. Wow. You know, there, there's there's so many lessons in there. And, you know, my background outside of real estate is also an in investment management in, in equity, you know, stocks, stocks and bonds and whatnot. And there's a term that's used in, in that industry and it's called suitability. And basically what that means is that, you know, is X product or X uh, equity you're, you're advising a client to purchase suitable for that client. The reason I bring that up is because from what you just explained about your, you know, your history in real estate, you were able to, you know, get exposure to different investment vehicles, different investment styles. and you finally found the one that was suitable for you. And that's not to say that, you know, buying a single family home remotely doesn't work or buying here in San Diego County doesn't work. It just didn't work for you personally. So you found what was suitable for you. And then you, you went full, you know, full born to that. So I, 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 lo- I love that part of your story because it's a great lesson for the people in the audience. Yeah, you got to figure out what works for you. And also what I like to teach investors is like, think about how active you really want to be. Like you might love the idea of real estate, but do you love the idea of being a landlord? And do you love the idea of finding 
good tenants and taking care of the property and all the things that go along with it. Um, I think inherently a lot of us know that real estate is a, is a really good way to increase your net worth and, and bring income in. And a lot of the richest people in the world got there through real estate. But you got to be smart about it and make sure that you don't do something that's going to kind of make your life worse. You know, even though it might be a good in, quote unquote investment, it might not be suitable for your lifestyle, to your point. Yeah, Vanessa, and I, and I know you're very educated at being a doctor. So where where did that transition from after you did that Texas deal where the book idea came from and then also educating other medical professionals about real estate? Well, it kind of happened fairly organically because once I started investing in real estate syndications, I just couldn't stop talking about it. And so anybody who would listen, I would tell them about it. And some folks were kind of interested. They're like, oh, this this is interesting. This is cool. I hadn't heard of this before. And then the the operator that I was investing with had a mentorship program. And so he said, you know what? I have a couple doctors on my team. Would you like to chat with them? Maybe there's an opportunity for you to become a general partner. And I wasn't really looking for more work, but I liked it <laughs> and it sounded fun. And also he, he said that it would be sort of a very low pressure situation where you could just invest yourself and bring in a couple of friends. It, there wasn't like you must bring in $1 million right off the bat pressure. And so I did join that coaching program learned a lot more about syndications and real estate. And but in the back of my mind then, and even today, the whole point is for me to keep investing as a limited partner. So being a GP is icing on the cake, but it's not like I'm planning on advancing into operating the deal myself and leaving medicine. So I'm sort of happy where I'm at. And I love educating other docs and um, other busy professionals and showing them that there's another way to invest your money besides in equities and um, to diversify your portfolio and, and get some great returns and some good tax benefits, of course, for those high earners. And walk me through that conversation. So let's say I'm another, let's say I'm an anesthesiologist or another doctor and I'm in the room and you say you talk to them a lot about it because you're excited. So what type of things would you say to me? I don't know anything about multifamily real estate. How would that conversation go? Well, I would explain that, you know, you can be a, a limited partner in a, a deal and invest and get a little tiny piece of a big apartment building. And it's a safe investment. You know, it's a stabilized property. It's not in the ghetto and it's going to be cash flowing. It's going to help give you some passive income. And at the same time, you don't have to do any work and it's going to be a tax advantage investment. Most of that income coming through is not something that you will be paying taxes on right now. Uh, after the sale, even then it's tax advantaged. And then if you go ahead and start laddering them, like I like to consider like instead of a CD ladder, it's a syndication ladder. So you've got an investment, maybe two, three every single year. When they start selling, you're going to get this income back. And yes, there'll be some taxes. But if you keep investing and you get more depreciation from the new deals, it's going to help offset your old deals. And so I look at it as a great way without having to kind of like box yourself into 1031 exchanges to mm -hmm. keep getting the tax advantages of this. And of course, money now to me is more valuable than money in the future. And so any money that you can get that isn't going to have to, you don't have to pay taxes on it now is valuable because as you get more and more passive income, that allows you to invest in more deals. And, and then you'll have hopefully some depreciation to offset the sale of the proceeds later on. And so, you know, during those conversations, I'm sure like, like Dre just mentioned, you know, a lot of the people you speak to aren't necessarily familiar with, with real estate as an, as an investment vehicle. Everybody, you know, knows about buying your own home and paying off your mortgage and eventually owning it outright. 
and sort of living the quote unquote American dream, but using it as an investment vehicle similar to stocks or similar to bonds is something that's somewhat foreign to most. And it's, it's often more difficult to explain these sorts of things to people that are already very educated in something else. I've, I've found that in, in my own, you know, in my own discussion. So I'm wondering what sort of pushback do you usually get from those that are skeptical about real estate as an investment vehicle? Well, I think a lot of people are familiar with the fact that their house is appreciating in value and they get that. They also get the flipping because they've seen the shows on TV, like, <laughs> you know, flip that house or whatever. I don't even yeah. know if I've ever watched any, but so the, they know, okay, if you buy a house for cheaper and then you get it improved somehow, and then you sell it, there's going to be a benefit there. And so mm-hmm. I, I try to explain um, most multifamily is, is like a very long flip and we're just increasing the value. And then I explain how you, you know, value of a building versus a comp based on your residential. So it's it's pretty amazing how much you can increase the value to the thing that people are skeptical about is, is that it's not safe. And so their financial advisor has not steered them towards investing in real estate. And so they trust their financial advisor and they say, well, if he hasn't told me or he or she hasn't told me about it, then it mu- must not be good. And I've been through that myself. I've been through several financial groups, advisors, and when I figured this out for myself about syndications, I was very open with them and I brought my deals to them. And I said, I want to do this investment. What do you guys think? And they looked at it and they kind of nodded and they're like, hmm, that looks interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, aren't you going to like tell me what to do? And they wouldn't. And it was much later when I actually took the Series 65. Uh, I wrote the exam for the um, to become an investment advisor myself. And I realized, oh, okay, these guys had a certain license which allowed them to sell mostly insurance products, which I didn't realize at the time they were selling annuities and a defined benefit plan. And I, I saw in retrospect that they weren't allowed to give advice on syndications or private placements. It was out of their lane. And so you're not going to get advice from your guy or gal who sells securities or sells this or sells that because it's just not what they do. It's very rare to see an investment advisor who is totally holistic and will look at everything. And so, you know, I aspire to do that at some point to to provide that kind of advice that would allow people to have a truly balanced portfolio. So that's one thing is that people are just a little bit afraid. And then they're also not sure who to invest with. So even if they get the idea, this is a good idea. The next thing is, okay, well, where am I going to put my money? This 50K is a lot of money. And if I don't even know these people, how am I supposed to trust them? And, and that's where I, you know, if they know me already and I'm a GP, then that really helps with the trust. But in essence, though, you are investing with a new person. They often ask, is this insured? You know, what if I lose my money? What will the government pay me back? And of course the answer is no. But then I also advise them that if your stocks go to zero, nobody's going to pay you back for that either. You know, the only thing that's FDIC insured are savings and money market accounts. So, you know, personally, I feel like if you had to put things in buckets, I personally feel like real estate is a safer bucket if you make the right choices with with good solid markets and operators, of course, blah, blah, blah. But I personally feel that the volatility of the equities is much scarier to me. Absolutely. And and I, I know I know Dre, you want to get to the next section, but recalls from your conversation I had actually earlier today about, you know, real estate as an investment vehicle versus a stock market. And it's common to think or it's it's, you know, common thought, I guess common knowledge, quote unquote that real estate being illiquid is a detriment Mm -hmm. to the asset class and that the stock market being liquid is a, you know, 
a feature of that of that asset class. But honestly, to me personally, I think it's the other way around where the illiquidity of real estate is helpful because in times like this, when the market when the markets are in disarray, it stops you from making rash decisions. And it's, it's, it makes you trust your initial judgment that this was a great investment and I'll see it all the way through. That's harder to do when you can click a, a button and, and sell something. So that's just the, you know, a, a discussion I, I was literally having today that you reminded me of right now. Yep, absolutely. Illiquidity is, I, I, I agree. I don't think it's a downside. Of course, if you're putting too much money and you have, don't have enough money to live on, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on to the second part of the show, the legacy round. So it's going to be an open forum, Vanessa, on your favorite acquisition that you feel changed the trajectory of your business, practical tips on how to grow a portfolio or how to build your investor network. So you can pick one of the three or you could just do a round robin and do all three. It's up to you. All right. Okay. So a deal that changed my life. Well, you know, that first deal is pretty, still one of my best deals. The ROI on that is incredible. I bought it for 225K single family house, and now it's worth about 700 and it's still cash flowing. And the the mortgage is down to 130K or something. So it's, it's pretty sweet. I wish I had done that 20 times over. Of course, then I'd have all the headaches of being an active man, uh, landlord, which I don't care for. But, you know, I, I, I that really kind of gave me the taste for things. The second question was, can you repeat the second and third ones? Yeah, the second question is practical tips on how to grow a portfolio. Gotcha. Don't spend money on other stuff. <laughs> so... <laughs> For me, for me, I love investing and it's addictive. When you keep track of it, I have a big spreadsheet that tracks all of my investments and I put out, you know, different columns with the percentage preferred return, the expected return, the actual returns, and, and then just start adding it up. And, you know, like if you really, really want to get to that, that goal of say covering your mortgage and your expenses, you know, and then you want to get to that next goal of covering some of your, your, your lifestyle things that you want, you know, and then maybe even beyond that and or, or covering your spouse's salary or your own salary. There's these different kind of like that I set in my mind as like goals of where I'd like to get to. Nothing is more motivating than seeing it in black and white and being like, mm -hmm. if I invest that, I'm going to get that per month. And that's going to put me this much closer, you know, to my goal. And when you have it in a separate account, so if you put all of your, you know, limited partnerships, so that the cash flow is coming into that account, don't mingle it with your other account that you pay your groceries and stuff out of, and it'll sit there and it will, I mean, when I first started doing this, putting 50K into any deal was like a really big deal. And I would kind of think, okay, now I'm going to have to wait until I save up. And then I've got maybe my bonus at the end of the year will be good and I can use that. And now it's just kind of like, oh, okay. In a few months that, that account has replenished itself because there's so many deposits going in, which is mm -hmm. a wonderful thing. And so I, I look at it like a snowball. So you're building a snowball. I also have a, a spreadsheet that I created because when I first started this, I wanted to know what was going to happen in five or 10 years. Like there's no calculator for that. I love playing with those online calculators, like the mortgage calculator. When I used to be obsessed with paying off my mortgage, which I'm not anymore. And so <laughs> I've learned. <laughs> so, but there was no calculator for that. So I created a spreadsheet and it shows if you have these assumptions, like say a 7% preferred return, exit in five years, anticipate a doubling in five years. And you do that and you put in say 50K a year or 100K a year and you reinvest everything, what will happen? And I had a, a friend an engineering friend helped me with the spreadsheet and I thought I did it wrong because when you got out to like 15 years, it was so many millions of dollars. I was like, that can't be right. But, <laughs> but it was, it was like $13 yeah. million. And I, I was like, 
Wow, that is so cool. So I did in my in a chapter in my book that I wrote about investing in passively in real estate, I kind of go through what will happen in eight years if you invested 100k per year, and that's it. So I think the best way to build your portfolio is just not sit back and just keep investing and keep putting money in almost like dollar cost averaging your 401k, just keep keep going. Right. And then the last one was how to build your investor network. Just get out there, you know, go to conferences, meet people. Uh, if someone offers to chat with you, set up a set up a call. You know, we've all got calendars now and it's so much easier now um, oh, yeah. just to pick a time instead of like going back and forth on email, you know, stuff like that. So the more people you meet, the more uh, you'll get to know them. And then at some point you'll need to actually, you know, start investing. But it's a good idea to have Zoom calls with people or, or meet them face to face in conferences and really see what people are like in person. And then you'll, it's much more personal. I mean, real estate's all about relationships. All right, moving on to the last segment. So this is the multifamily about a slice podcast, as you know, and it stems from Chicago pizza and Giordano's is the number one spot there known for this thick, meaty slice of pizza. So this is the Giordano round. It's going to be a series of questions, four questions in particular between Ike and myself that will ask you. And each question is going to leave our listeners satisfied with a lot of knowledge. So the first one, you're on the top of the highest mountain in the world. These are your last words before you die. What will you scream out to the world and want them to remember you, Vanessa, by? Hmm. I would say make sure you cultivate relationships with all the important people in your life. Because when it really comes down to it, having a big pile of money is not as important as having people who love you and loving them back. Because we never know when something might happen to us. You know, we don't know when things are going to end or if we get some serious illness or something like that. So live life now, enjoy it now, and don't be worrying about tomorrow. And when you get here, you'll be happy. Just be happy now. If there was one slice of wisdom you wish you knew when you got started or advice you could pass on to others, what would it be? Do your due diligence on an operator. Don't take anybody else's word for it. Go online, do a search. If you feel like it, you can even do like a real background, but that's hard to get without their social and stuff like that. But do your due diligence. Don't just take other people's word for it. And that includes investment advisors and, and people that you feel like you know, because we don't always know. And I tell everybody, the only way to really lose all of your investment in multifamily real estate is if you have a bad actor, because otherwise it's a tangible asset and it's sitting there and it's earning money. And even if it burns down, insurance will pay for that. Most everything can be covered. Um, you might not get what you expect out of the deal. It might not be as great, but you shouldn't lose all your money unless you get in with the wrong people. Vocab, what are your favorite or three most critical real estate terms multifamily investors should know and why? So, I mean, the obvious one is IRR. You know, what is an IRR and why is it important and how is it different from other types of, you know, numbers? I always educate folks that, you know, money now is worth more than money later. And so if you're getting cash flow through the deal, then the IRR is going to be closer to the average annual return. So if you double your money in five years, you divide that by five, you've got 20% returns per year, but your IRR is not going to be 20% because if it's all at the end, then it's worth less. And so, you know, it's just important to, to understand that concept, especially in our inflationary environment, which makes it even worse. But the I like to see cash flow during a deal. So different operators calculate different things different, but cash on cash to me means what is the amount of cash that you're going to receive during the deal and how much is it? And that's really important for my personal spreadsheet where I want to know how much I'm going to be actually taking home at the end of the day during the life of the deal, not just at the end. So yeah, I think those are my two favorites. 
All I right. don't have a third. I don't have a third one. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. All right. Last question. Education is critical in this business. What books, apps, mastermind groups, podcasts, or you know, other outlets or or media outlets would you recommend listeners immerse themselves in? Well, the Bigger Pockets family has a lot of great books, and mm-hmm. so that was the one that actually got me. There's one. Uh, it's an old one. And it's blue, and it says how to be a rental real estate or something like that, you know, like the very and, the very first book, right? By Brandon yep. Turner. That's the one the that very, got me into it too. Yeah. I was actually going to the Barnes and Noble to pick up a book on short-term rentals and thinking I wanted to do that. And that one was next to it. And I picked that one up. <laughs> <Dead. Destiny. laughs> and I, I actually have two uh, STRs and they're a real pain in the ass. So I'm really glad that I <laughs> found out about the other types of real estate for podcasts. Um, again, bigger pockets is a great podcast. I also like some of the more like lifestyle oriented ones, like the lifestyle investor by Justin Donald. I've been part of his group and it's a really interesting folks that get interviewed on his podcast. Masterminds are really important to be part of. I enjoy GoBundance. I am a member of GoBundance Mastermind. There's a men's group and a women's group. It's segregated. That's still cool. You know, we do mix together a lot, but it's not just about real estate, but there's a lot of real estate in that group. It's more about having a balanced life pillars you know, for fitness and for health and for finances and for adventure and all kinds of stuff. So it's a really well-rounded group. That's a a lot of fun to get you out of your comfort zone too. Yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Well, how can multi-family about a slice listeners best get in touch with you? So you can connect with me. You can go to my website, which is vmdinvesting.com. You can email me at vanessa at vmdinvesting.com. You can pick up my book on Amazon. It's called The Busy Professional's guide to passive real estate investing and it's a lot skinnier than than dre's book but it's it's a quick read it's like it's like a three hour read it's just a quick primer on syndication it has a lot of the information we talked about today as well as glossary and you know definitions and stuff like that awesome well thank you again vanessa for coming on the multi family by the size podcast ike and i appreciate you for our listeners thank you for tuning in for another great episode Please leave us a positive view uh, on Apple and, and Spotify and all the platforms. And we'll see you on the next show. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Lastly, check out the show notes for links to topics discussed, as well as website and social media links for Dre, Ike, and our guest. See you next week.